everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. I'm beginning the series today called Hope in the Soul. We just finished a seven-part series called Hope in the Spirit, and it's time to go deeper into true biblical hope and how that is accomplished in each one of us, spirit, soul, and body. The message the Lord gave for me today is called, God is Faithful. You see, faith works every time because God is faithful. He is faithful, yes, but he is also faithful or full of faith. In the previous messages, I focused on the finished and unchanging work of Jesus on the cross and how that has made all who believe fully righteous before God. And this is where it all begins. Not only does does this credit you with God's righteousness in the Spirit, but it also gives you access to to the actual faith of God in your soul. I've really been pressing into the Lord for understanding on how we live and move and have our being in Him. There is a specific point in which the truth and reality of what Jesus accomplished in the Spirit is either accepted or rejected by each individual person on the planet. This is where our spirit and our soul connect. You see, faith is in the soul, but the born-again experience is in the spirit. The same transition from soul to spirit begins to happen over and over in increasing frequency as we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Your soul is presented with countless decisions each and every day, and the focus of your soul will determine your physical experience. Andrew Womack has described this function as a valve in your soul. So when you focus only on the physical or the natural world, your results will only be natural. But when your focus is on the spiritual reality accomplished by Jesus, you then turn and open the valve of your soul to flood your body or your natural experience with the supernatural power of the Spirit of God. I've been asking the Lord this question. Why do so many of us find it difficult to live in the fullness of His blessing? I've, I've also heard this question phrased more like this uh, from other people. Why, why does faith work for some people and not for others? I've heard frustration in people's voices as they have read, even where Jesus says in Matthew 7, uh, verses 7 and 8, I think it is, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and, the, and to the one, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or even in Mark eleven twenty two through 24, it's, it's a common set of verses. Jesus said to the one man, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. See, Jesus never spoke in uncertainty. He was always very clear with with his description of faith. I think we will all agree that the problem is not in the Word or in Jesus himself. Maybe we just haven't understood what faith is. Maybe if we can settle it in our hearts, that the only thing lacking is our own understanding, 
then our reality can and will begin to change. So let's get back to the basics. God is good. The Bible is true. If God said it in the Bible, we believe it. What do you really believe? You know, what you really believe is what you will see, because faith works every time. The Bible clearly shows us how faith has worked in the past, as well as Jesus showing us how to make it work for us today. If you've read the Bible even a small amount, you'll have to agree that we're shown how faith works. I was really challenged by the Lord the other day when he said this to me. He said, believe me, faith works every time. We'll look much deeper into that later about what faith is and how to use it. But the first thing that needs settled is that a change needs to happen. And it needs to happen in your own heart. And this is something that I keep going to the Lord with, that a change, a continual change, needs to happen in my own heart. Anytime that my physical reality is not lining up with the blessings described to me in the Bible, I now look inside my own heart and ask God to change me. We need to be completely honest with ourselves and with God. He already knows what we truly believe in our deepest heart. It's, it's actually the deceptions we tell ourselves that are the real problem. And sometimes the devil will feed you with plenty of those, but we tend to repeat them to ourselves. For some reason, it seems more difficult for a Christian to admit that they are wrong than even for an unbeliever to be born again. God doesn't hold it against you, though. Just admit that your understanding needs to change and move on. He's simply trying to get his blessings to you because he's a good God. The extent of what you truly believe can be measured in what you are currently seeing in your physical reality. If you will be willing to follow, obey, and believe everything he says in his word, you will begin to see your reality change as faith begins to work in your life. And that's a promise. So I'd like to focus a little more on the words of Jesus in Mark eleven twenty two, And I, I already quoted this. It's where he says, have faith in God. But the literal translation for the words of Jesus are, have the faith of God. So does God have faith in the power of his own words? Obviously, the answer is yes. We can look around us at the amazing complexity of creation and see the results, uh, you know, with our own eyes. It's the faith of God in his own words. Everything that God did in creation was begun by a word and brought into reality by his faith in his own words. See, God pictured all of creation and visualized it in his own heart. And when he spoke it out, it was already a reality to him. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Or in the, the old translation it says, is not made of things which do appear. So if we look at that, we think, by faith we understand. Of course we understand by faith, but if we say, by faith we understand, in other words, by the faith of God, we understand this, that by his faith, he created all things. This verse is not saying that the universe was created from nothing. 
It's simply saying that things which are seen were not made with, uh, of things which are visible. So Jesus worked like this over and over. And this is the faith that he's describing in Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus is literally saying here that in the verses we, that we read earlier, that I quoted earlier, that we will get out, if we will get out of the way um, with our own feeble attempts to convince our brains and simply believe that everything he said is true, then the faith of God comes alive in our own hearts. He says, have the faith of God. When we can believe with God's faith on the power of God's word, we will begin to see God's word come alive. I'm going to say that phrase again. We can believe with God's faith on the power of God's word. This truth alone has freed me up completely from the condemnation the devil has brought to me in the past. When he would accuse me of not having enough faith in a situation. Ironically, it's this same condemnation that many Christians have. Uh, and, and they've used to argue that it's not always God's will to heal or, or to prosper or to bless in every situation. They've looked to their own circumstances to define the depth of God's love for them instead of believing the written word of God and allowing that to define and change the reality of the circumstances themselves. If there is a single command that I see Jesus repeating again and again, it is this command to believe. Only believe, he says. Believe, believe. Do not allow your heart to be drawn into the lie that if, you know, if you're not seeing something good manifest in your life, that it wasn't God's will uh, to bring that to you. The first thing that you do is you go to him and you ask for a word. You always go back to the word of God and, and the simplicity of a child, and you believe it. True belief is a choice to align your heart with the word of God instead of the physical things that you see around you or even in your own body. But then some people have said, I'm just trying to be real, or you wouldn't want to lie about it. Now, while I understand that their hearts are genuine and they are willing to, to follow God no matter what, the problem is that when they credit God for the negative things in their lives and they call that faith. True faith is what Jesus said it is, not what anyone on earth has justified by their own experiences. Do you know that being real is when we speak the spiritual reality over the physical facts in front of us. God also does this when he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's in Romans 4.17. I'd actually like to look at uh, Romans 4, uh, 16, I think through 22. Let me just read this here. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. 
and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's amazing. And I actually have a message that I preached about hope, just hope on what it is and how Abraham used supernatural hope to hope against natural hope. And it was this act of believing that was credited to him as righteousness. That's true hope in action. Now, in the same way that God looked ahead for Abraham and called him the father, he he said, you are the father of many nations. When Abraham had not yet had a child of his own, God He looks at your situation and he speaks a word over you. It's from his position of being full of faith. Trust his word and speak with the confidence of the faith of God. Believe with God's faith on the power of God's word and you will begin to see in your natural, physical circumstances coming into alignment with the perfection of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. This is the beginning of taking our hope in the Spirit And by faith, choosing to birth hope in the soul, every answer you need follows this pattern of hope in the spirit, hope in the soul, and manifesting naturally as hope in the body or hope in the natural. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.